Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Come on, Boomy McBoomerson. <laughs> Boomer. So boomy today. Boomer's going to boom. Listen, it's going to sound tight up on the mic. Here we go, here we go. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast and Ring RC. I'm Lisa Kwanga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right, thanks, man. How are you? Very well, thanks. Very well, indeed. Nice, nice. Actually, do we need to say Ringer FC anymore? <gasps> yeah, for because the time being. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> We've got news. Such huge news. So big. For the next few weeks, we're going to dual post, but Righty's House will be getting its own feed, and this feed, Ringer FC, will become Stadio, a football podcast. For those of you who have been with us before we joined the ringer, you will know that there is obviously another Stadio feed, which we're going to keep and we're going to tidy up a little bit and, and keep it as like an archive. So we're going to change that to like the archives because there were a lot of the conceptual episodes from the first lockdown and stuff like that that we want to keep in there. But next couple of weeks, everything will be on the ringer FC feed. But then after that, Wrighty's house will be on its own. So go, you can, you should be able to find it, Ed Vior. If you, if you don't find it on your podcast app of choice yet, it might just be slow popping up. So search for Wrighty's House on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to just keep listening to Stadio, you don't have to do anything. This feed will just magically change its name one day. Amazing. Like the original Wimbledon. Ah, what a reference. However, we will not be moving to Milton Keynes. (laughs) (laughs) I could have just said anything, like an NBA franchise, something else. You could have, but that's controversial in itself. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, there you go. So you will have Stadio on its own feed, Wrighty's House on its own feed, and everything else will be the same. We will still pop up on Wrighty's House. It might mean you get the odd extra Stadio here and there because we don't have to make way for Wrighty's House. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bit like... Living rent-free on our feed. So many great players, but how are you going to fit them all in the same system? I just don't get how you do it. (laughs) We're starting into (laughs) podcast beef. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, come at us. You can't find us. <laughs> I mean, I know exactly where you are and where everyone is. <laughs> anyway, we hope everyone else is staying safe and well. We've kind of got to 
distracted a little bit there. You so yeah, the beef for their own podcast. <laughs> that's so Meta. that's so funny, actually. <laughs> Civil wow. War. Right his house. Civil War. Because I'm different on oh, Righty's I'm different on Righty's house. End game. But also, <gasps> <laughs> but also I'm different on Righty's house. Yeah, so you are. It's like, really annoying. It'd be like beefing a variant. As a producer, it's really annoying. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm just like, why aren't you? Different energies. Because I always drop my, the thing about me and Righty's house, I always drop my hot takes after recording, don't <laughs> it's I? It's like Pogbrod International Duty and Pogbrod Club Duty. <laughs> 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 so it's like, <laughs> it's like Moose on Stadio and Moose elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Moose on Stadio is very much like Pogba for France. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> Whereas I am basically just like Lee Catamol, no matter where I am. No, you're Modric. Don't be ridiculous. Tuck, tuck the shirt in and just kick the shit out of everyone. I've seen you play where football. do I sign? No, don't where try, do don't, I sign? Don't try that. I've seen you play football. You can't get away with that. You're, you're Modric. Anyway, we do have a podcast today, by we the way. We, we do, yeah. There is a point to all of this. Yeah. Doing a mailbag today because I thought it'd be a good chance to get an early season mailbag under our belts. And also we had to record this a day early just because of some travel stuff. Moose is in the boomy room. Don't I mind am. him. It'll be he better sort it out by next week. Otherwise, he might have his own feed as well. <laughs> today we're gonna do a mailbag and we're gonna get into it after this. Let's do it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's start with a question from Natasha, who sent us this on Instagram. Natasha says, as a Chelsea fan, do you think Kukurea's signing means the end of Ben Chilwell? Personally thought he might be able to sit on the left-hand side of a back three with Chilwell in an advanced wing-back position, but now I'm not so sure. It would be a total shame to see one of England's best left-backs at present languish on the bench. I'm concerned for Chilwell. I'm really concerned for him because Cucurella is so, so good at what he does. Um, league leading, actually, in, in some category, one or two categories last year. I mean, extraordinary in that role. I think he was signed. It looks like he was signed as a replacement because Koulibaly brings the ball out, Rudiger style. Thiago Silva's going to be there maybe a couple more years. And you've got Rhys James on the other side. Like, logically, I don't see the spot for him. I, don't, I just don't see the spot. And I think he becomes a deputy, which is so unfortunate because if Chilwell's not injured, it changes Chelsea's season, I think. I think he's that important. Mm-hmm. The thrust he gives yeah, them, the goal scoring. He was just a player who locked down the left flank and wasn't making any problems. He didn't have to worry about the left when Chilwell was there. And now it's a bit of a difficult one for him because post-injury, I'm not sure quite how he's bearing up. The only consolation for him, I would say, is that he will have no shortage of suitors. And if Barcelona weren't broke, he'd be an ideal person to come in for Alba over time. I think he'd be ideal in that role. I think he's the guy. I think that actually he'd be brilliant for Barcelona. I think the way they play, I think his football, his intelligence, I think he'd be great for them. So fingers crossed he can return to some kind of form and fitness. And if he does have to move on at some point, because I think Cucurella's going to be outstanding for them, then I hope he lands somewhere like that. I think obviously because he's coming back from this major injury, Mm. it's a little bit too soon to say his time at Chelsea's done. Mm. Because I still, I mean, they're they're quite different left backs. Yeah. 
think Natasha's right in the sense that I could see Kukureya playing in the in the left as the left side of a three mm. for for quite a lot of games this season where Chelsea are going to be expected to have loads of the ball against sides who maybe don't have the quality that they have. You know, maybe if they play I don't know, a couple of or even in like Champions League home games early on in the knockout in the group stage or or anything like that. But I think also he's just such a different left back. Well, they are different left backs and Tuchel said something about um, you know the reason that Kukurea was picked for the for the Spurs game was just because he felt a little bit more well they, he felt that like the physicality he was more ready basically than than, than Chilwell because mm. of Chilwell coming back from that injury he did say one thing though which I, I feel he said we keep Ben Ben Chilwell for substitutions because he is a high speed runner an intense runner but then he said you know after his long injury I think he lacks a little bit of rhythm and feeling for the matches so this is what he said before the Spurs game this is my concern because if that's his take on, on Chilwell and how he wants to use him explosively look Cucurello I think is wasted as a kind of a left sided centre back because of the depth and thrust he gives you they're almost doing the same thing and I don't it's not that they're both not great players but if you want a left-sided centre-back, you sign a centre-back, I think, at this point. In that system, that the problem is with Chilwell, he's too good to be on the bench. Mm. He's just too good to, to be on the bench regularly. Um, and so then I think... We don't know if he's going to be on the bench regularly yet. Yeah, I, 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 I hope not, yeah. But then again, I, I, don't, I don't know if he will at the same time. I think whatever happens, I think both those players are wasted at left centre-back just because of their specific gifts. I'm not saying they can't do a job there. I just don't know it's the best use of the talents that makes sense because they can dominate flanks so yeah that's my yeah but I think in, in that sense for example like yeah I just wonder if it gets a bit too crowded out on that left hand side because if you play Chilwell as like the left wing back and mm. then Chelsea do that thing like they did the other day where they essentially become a four and with the ball mm. but Kukurea is essentially the left back and Chilwell right. was like a more of a left winger. I don't mm. know, but it's just, I'm not sure whether they... Unless they both alternate. And if, if, what's devastating is that mm. they just both play and then Koulibaly becomes the long-term successor to Thiago Silva, for example, and then they just alternate and then you have like twin wingbacks just going up and down, just bombing up and down at will, which is actually kind of cool and generally confusing for, for anyone attacking that flank because we haven't really seen much of that before. Like we haven't really seen left side just alternate. Because you look at the right side, for example, Reese James and Espelicueta. Espelicueta doesn't bomb on, right? So you, you know it's going to come from Reese James. But if you've got those two players coming out, you don't know which is, you have to pick your poison. That's kind of exciting. And to be honest, I wouldn't put it past Tuchel to do anything like that because Tuchel, one thing we know about him is he doesn't go for the obvious tactical solutions. You know, the way that Tuchel won the Champions League, if you look at that front three that he had, Mount, Werner, Havertz, the thing I loved about it was you just didn't know who was going to arrive at the peak of the attack. You didn't know who's going to arrive when. And that's what I loved. It was so unpredictable. So if you can do something similar defensively, then good luck to him. I just don't see it at this point, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you know who, if I was uh, if I was Manchester United, I'd just casually just dangle a £50 million bid for Ben Chilwell. Yeah, no, of course, of course. You know, why not? I mean, it's not like... Oh, look, he's, like the, you know he's extraordinary. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's exceptional. Because Manchester United really need to figure out what they're going to do for the rest of this window. And we've talked quite a lot on Wright's House. We've talked a lot on Stadio about Manchester United. So I don't want to go too much into it. 
I think Chilwell would be a great fit for Ten Hag. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he would leave Chelsea, and I'm not sure. I, mean, I, th- I don't. I don't even think this is this is a thing yet. I think we're way too. It's way too soon to start worrying about whether this is going to be a thing. Mm. In my opinion, but we did say when Cucurella went, that's a that's a lot of money for a backup, right? For a second absolutely. left back, absolutely. So, who knows? But I yeah, just I want mean, Chilwell. To, anyone with money who needs a left back, which would, would, would go, well, I'd totally go after Chilwell. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's so good. Uh, just seen Caroline Graham Hansen score an absolutely unbelievable goal for Barcelona against Bayern. Oh my goodness, that is a football with no chill. Caroline Graham anyone, Hansen is just unbelievable. Anyone, like, anyone can get the smoke. <laughs> and I'd just like to read this tweet from El Hardy mm. because so everyone woke up this morning to some tweets from Elon Musk saying he was going to buy Manchester United, which were obviously a joke because apparently it's this thing that he keeps saying he's going to buy a sports team. But in the current climate, it was just probably the worst thing that Manchester United fans wanted to read (laughs) in the morning. But L wrote a tweet saying, there was a 24-hour window where Elon Musk was buying Manchester United and Rebecca Vardy, Mrs. Rabio, and Wanda Riccardi were running the dressing room and I'm going to live in that moment forever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, here's the weird thing about Elon Musk by Manchester United though what I will say here's the question would he be likelier to appoint executives who knew what they were doing I actually think he would this is the funny thing when I saw it I'm like hang on a minute could he actually appoint worse executives I don't this think- is this is very funny this is a very here's, very it, good point because here's my point I'm like actually I think he appoints better executives than the Glazers do I just think he does because I think he buys United for different reasons he buys it for ego profile you know reasons and this is not judging him specifically for that you know like uh, he buys it maybe like an NBA player an NBA uh, owner buys a franchise right so it's like it's a business concern but it's also like a kind of a badge of honour it's something where you go out about town and you're like, you're like, the Glazers go about town and no one goes, wow, great ownership of United, which is very different to the ownership of the Buccaneers, where it's like, oh, they did a great job at Tampa Bay. Like, it's different. The Glazers basically own Manchester United. And it's kind of like, it's more like a dirty, open secret. that It's not really about the club and the prestige. It's not a thing that they have a joyful association with to the point where I wonder privately if they're like, I know we've done well out of this financially, but it's the juice worth the squeeze. I wonder. Whereas if Elon Musk bought Manchester United, it'd be much more like, oh, look how your team plays, isn't this glorious? And so his whole thing is the motivation is different. And that speaks to how you recruit. So weirdly enough, I think, I think, he, does a better, I think he does a better job than the Glazers do, actually. I know it's only a joke, but I remember looking at it going, Haha, I'm laughing, but he's a better owner than the Glazers would be, in my opinion. The tech, for example, the tech. Well, well, Elon, if you do buy Manchester United, uh, Maybe not so much Tesla because, you know, the, uh, but yeah, I think more of the Starlink because look at that. It's Starlink comms. Yeah, but the, the Wi-Fi does need an upgrade at Old Trafford. It'd be, spe- that, be yeah. spectacular. It'd be like the best Wi-Fi there is. It'd be Starlink. Yeah, also, but- in terms, terms of Tesla vibes, you could turn Manchester United or Old Trafford into like a fully, fully, I don't know, fully electric, like self-sustaining, like self-charging. Do you know what would be a chance <laughs> for him to build his, his, to- his Tony Stark sustainable tower? That'd be his moment. Just overlooking Old Trafford. Knowing in a Musk, he'd probably put something, an eyesight that was impossible to ignore. Probably like a Musk tower, like overlooking like a shadow halfway over the stadium. So there would be an element of that. But actually, as an owner of Manchester United, <laughs> I think he'd be better than the Glazers. I mean, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'd be better than the Glazers. This is true. Anyway, we, I think we need to give Manchester United fans a break. Yes, yes, we do. We're going to revisit a couple of questions that refer to 
the Chelsea Spurs game. So this one from Barry Brudney, who says, Chelsea Tottenham was a draw, but karmically was a Chelsea win, but felt more like a Tottenham win. If all Premier League results were karmically in line, who would be your favourites to make the karmic Champions League? The karmic Champions League. So wait, how, what are we defining the terms here? Like what goes around comes around. So it's like, a, oh yeah, but I, I don't know, is, it, is this not like a kind of playing in the right way or like a spiritual win? It's like, you know, spiritually onside. A karmic Champions League, a reward for playing football the right way, a top four comprised. Do you, know who, do you know who would win the league? Southampton. Brighton. Brighton would win. I think Southampton might be top four. Maybe. Because of how enterprising, like, you know, you look at like- this That's what I'm saying with Brighton, like great recruitment, incredible yeah, coach. Yeah. And actually the kind of club I think a lot of supporters both openly and secretly admire. Because they're like, we haven't got to think about this. We don't have to think about so many eth- ethical dilemmas. We can actually just enjoy the football and what they stand for. Because Brighton, for years, people joked, you know, Brighton supporters and all those homophobic slurs, Brighton just stayed where they were and the world kind of joined them where they were. Which is kind yeah, of, yeah, inter- yeah. yeah, this is interesting. So like, you know, Brighton fans, and you know, we know a few Brighton fans. Lot, these, yeah. they're, happy, they're, they're, they're happy people. Yeah, I think Brighton win the league in the karmic, the karmic league. I think it's very tight though. There's like four points separating the top four. Who, who else is up in there? Um, I think Brentford. Yeah, Brent, uh, Crystal Palace, Leeds. Palace, Palace would be up there. Okay. I think Leeds are still reeling from previous ownership, so they haven't fully undone their karmic. Yeah, the energies, yeah, the energies are not good. They're not aligned. Yeah. And also I think that karmically, even though I think it was probably more popular internally than a lot of people thought it would have been externally. I think parting ways with Bielsa is, is bad for calm. Bad How about karma. This? So Brighton, Brentford, Palace, Southampton? Top four. That's good. That works. There we oh go. Oh my God. That's such a nasty top four as well. They'd all hate each other. Brentford would just be like, we're just here and no one hates us. And the rest <laughs> of them would just be fighting amongst themselves. <laughs> It'd be like that meme, you know, in like the takeaway where someone's just sat down chilling. That'd be Brentford. And then the three guys fighting in the background would be like Brighton, Southampton and Palace. I think Palace would go at Bright- Brentford. I think Brentford and Palace would like, it would kick off. Well, obviously Brighton and Palace. Yeah. Southampton and Brighton just because, you know, they're coastal. Yes. Maybe Brentford and Palace yeah, might exactly. develop a little bit of, of a gnarly course, thing. Of, but of, then, course they, of course they would. Of course they would. It's London. They'd, of course they would. Maybe Southampton and Brentford would just be like, no, we're the best team that plays in red and white stripes. No, we're the best team that plays in red and white stripes. I think it kicks. Yeah, exactly. I think it kicks off. I, th- I, think, I think Brentford Palace kicks off for sure. For sure. Who's bottom then? Let's piss some people off. No, no, no. You're going to piss you're some looking, people off. Come you're on. looking for chaos. We all know who's bottom. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so the three relegated, yeah. so, so they'd be bottom. The second bottom would be... Yeah, 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 yeah. And then who else goes down? That's right. And just narrowly miss out. And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll come for us. Who will? <laughs> You'll never know. You'll never. <laughs> just like there's Latin take. That's, no one's ever going to get... You know what? Can I say this? Keep asking for it. And also, you'll never get it. I love that you keep asking. And I also love that I'll never give it to you. <laughs> you know that uh, meme that, that um, I saw Emily Oren post it, that, you know, when they recreated that really ancient mummy, I think it was a mummy they found. And they recreated like the, the vocal cords, the single sound. And it was just like, ah, and then I did it. I did a dub. I overdubbed your laugh on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's going to be like your dying breath, right? And someone's just like, give me this left hand take. And you're just going to be like, 
<laughs> and then you're just gonna go. Can I be, can I say I, I know we're only we're only joking, but there's a part of me that's completely serious. I actually would put the, the Latin take in my will. I'd be like, please release this on all socials. <laughs> and now after I've left the building, release the take on all socials, all platforms. We'll give each other power of attorney. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tweet delete everything so yes. get rid of every single tweet you've ever feed, and, I'll yeah. un- and I'll unfollow everyone <laughs> so it just looks badass so it's just like oh my god Musa Wong's got like he had like a hundred odd thousand followers and he followed no one and the only tweet is the Zlatan take, it's, the Zlatan take. And it's pinned it's like one tweet but what I'll do for, what I'll do for you is I'll make sure you have three passports and safe passage to any country because you'll have to go so they won't extradite you because once you release that they will come for you no one knows where I am anyway, it's fine. <laughs> the super villain. <laughs> MF Hun. No one knows that I moved to Lisbon. <laughs> is he joking? The thing is, the funny is thing is, the, the day Stadio went, you know, oh my God, we're doing so f- Look, when the stars fade and Stadio finally ends, no one's going to find you. No. No one's gonna, you'll be, you will be like Kaiser Soze. Well, fucking Andy Dufresne. I'm going to be like the Andy <laughs> Dufresne of podcasts. <laughs> Just one day, I'll see Righty walking down the beach, and I'll be like, "You found me." <laughs> it'll, it'll be you, it'll be you, Ian, Ian and um, he'll be walking up the beach with his golf clubs. To be- <laughs> all of a sudden, you'll come around the corner in a golf buggy with Clarence Sadov, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, the gang's all here." Traitor Black. <laughs> and thus, the Constitution for the Woke World Cup was written. <laughs> <laughs> and now our podcast is ended. <laughs> this is a very silly episode today. It's very silly. Uh, all right, let's continue. I'm enjoying it. Let's do it. Let's do the, it. The aftermath of Chelsea versus Spurs. Sana Qureshi, the great Sana Qureshi. In fact, she's going to hate that we said this. <laughs> She'll have one of the <laughs> best writers around who doesn't write enough, but should write more. She's written for Stadio. She's an incredibly gifted writer. Sana says, a royal rumble of managers who wins and where are the alliances? <laughs> Gosh, you know, okay, great. We have to go with the alliances first. I think we have to go with the alliances first because I just feel like Hasenhutl makes it to the late rounds. I feel like he's in the late rounds. Do you know what I think? Because I think the strategic nature, but also he's someone who doesn't start fights, but he finishes them. Him and Klopp team up straight away. Right, so here's the thing, because you know who goes out in the early rounds? The ones who go out early, the ones who pick the fights early. Brendan Rodgers is the first person to kick off and I think he gets bounced. I think he goes out first round. I think Rogers says something slick because I think deep down he's like, people think I haven't got it. Let me show I've got it. And then everyone's like, no, you haven't. You're not that, gu- you're not that guy. I think Rogers goes after Gerard for an alliance and Gerard is a little bit like, mm. and Rogers <laughs> gets really kind of like, I'm really surprised at you, Stevie. Especially after those years we had together. I shared history, I yes. could, <laughs> And then Steve and Gerard's just like, mate, I learned nothing from you. Like, what the hell? And he, he's like really out of order to him and he tells him all of this stuff and Rogers is just a bit like, huh. And all of a sudden just goes for him and everyone's just like, whoa, whoa. shit. Like, that's, a good, that's a really good I know point. The way, I know the way we just like focused on the Premier League and just ignored the rest of football. Yeah, but that's how I feel because we're rum- that's, there's rumbling there. Like if we look at the coaches and who's accumulated there, I feel like that's the place where you see the most rumbles because we've talked so much about it being a coaches league. And you look at that Premier League, like every single week, you have got like unbelievable minds unbelievable tactical and technical minds. I think the Royal Rumble comes down to who picks the fight and who hangs around. Because I think this is all about, it's almost like a, 
it's an endurance thing, the rumble. It's like who will maintain the attrition after several rounds of grueling tactical, technical combat. I think Arteta's the first one to grab a chair. 100%. Right. But then I think that, I think that Thomas Frank is the first person to get started on because I think he's so unassuming. And I think at some level he's like, why are we doing this? I think he's so kind of like, I think he's just, he's bewildered by it. I think he spends too long, not that he can't rock out or if he has to, but I think he's kind of like, what are we doing here? And I think that's his undoing. I don't think he buys into it. Whereas Klopp, I think Klopp is kind of that thing of like, this is ridiculous, but if we're going to do it, we're going to damn do it. <laughs> Graham Potter, I think Graham Potter is just like walking around the edge of the ring, like on the floor and just grabbing people's foot as they kind of try and bounce off the ropes and then turning around like he didn't do anything, doing the whole like, well, I didn't do anything. That's- who do you think? Yeah. Who do you think he fights the kind of... I think Graham Potter keeps it chill and is basically just kind of really sly with it. I think Pep tries to form an alliance with Jesse Marsh, but then micromanages him. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Marsh turns on him. Yeah, because Pep... Pep's and like, then Pep's after like, about Pep, 20 Pep. minutes or so, there's just this like big boom of music and fucking for some reason, like Ultimate Warrior, I'm trying to think of who would be the Ultimate Warrior. It'd be Gareth Ainsworth. He'd just fucking come down though, like, woo, like proper, like, everyone's just like, what the hell? Like, why is Gareth Ainsworth here? And then like the lights go off and the, the bell starts tolling and then the lights come on and Sean Dyche is in the middle of the ring somehow. He's not even in the Premier League anymore. And he just gets up and everyone's just like, oh, fuck. Dyche's back. Jerry the King Lawler is going absolutely wild. He can't believe, oh my God, I thought he was gone. I thought he was gone. <laughs> Oh my god! Incredible. I, I think what else happens? I think Frank Lampard teams up with Eddie Howe, but he walks in first. <laughs> so they're meant to go. So, okay, Frank, we're going in together. Yeah. Then like Frank's already gone. He's at the dressing room. He's out there in his shorts, and he's like, he's out there going. Come he's all on. alone. Yeah, he's all alone. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> and then it starts going wrong, and Lampard's like, oh, I'll tell you what, Eddie's let us down. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, the mic comes out. It's just like in between, in between rounds. Frank Lampard just takes Harry a sip Redknapp's of Harry on the phone, on the phone to Jim White on Talk Sport. <laughs> I mean, you know, if your partner lets you down like that, you just can't. You can't like. I tell you what, Frank's going straight to the top. He's going straight to the top. <laughs> <laughs> he will be one of the very best wrestlers. I ain't no doubt in my mind about that. He will be world champion one day. He will be world champion. Lampard comes out by himself. Frank has it by himself. He wins the first, he wins the first bout. And the problem is he wins the first bout by himself. He beats two people by himself. And the problem is that goes to his head. He loses in the next round and then he blames Eddie Howe. I think, I think while Brendan Rodgers is getting emo, like super emotional and going after Gerard for the, the, how, how much he's hurt him and disrespected him, Lampard just picks him up and chucks him out the ring. <laughs> just, bounces, just bounces him out the ring. To be honest, I'd have, I'd have Carl Anker on comms. I know I'm biased. But just because I'll of his- just get Carla Miora in the booth, man. Oh Carla Miora and Jerry the King Lawler. <laughs> That's it. That's all I want in the booth. I don't care. I don't care. That's perfect. There we go. A Royal Rumble. But who wins? I think Klopp and Hasenhüttl win. I think they win the whole thing. But then they've got to fight each other like the end of Squid Game. Oh, then Hasenhüttl wins that. Ralph wins that. <gasps> of course he does. Think? Yeah, of course no, he does. No, see, I think, I think, I think Ralph's all, he's too much about the journey. And he's just a bit like, you know, like when he beat Liverpool and he drops to his knees, I think that's what Ralph is like when he just has to fight Klopp because he doesn't want to fight him. Do you know, I disagree with you because, because we've never seen him with the resources. We've never seen, and Hazel is going to be like, I told you all. He's going to be like, you said I couldn't do this. And they're going to lose so much money because, you know, the final, the odds are going to be ridiculous, right? On, on Klopp, the final round, 
and Ralph's going to win it. And he'll be like, he'll be pointless. He'll be like proper, like, like, are you not entertained? He'll be like, you never thought I could do this. <laughs> I can see it. All right. Well, there you go. Thanks, Sana Kureshi. Love it. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! All right, Fabian says, you two get to decide which two, uh, sorry, which country will host the 2030 World Cup. The only restriction is the country cannot have hosted it before. Which country do you choose and why? Oh my God. Um, the first two thoughts that came to mind, they've hosted it because I think they'd be perfect in the absence of them hosting it. Senegal. Oh my God. F- no way. Senegal. Do you know what? Senegal was literally going to be my first choice. <laughs> That's wild. That's so funny. It has to be, right? It has to be Senegal. The food, the music. The culture. Yeah. The ex-pros you could get out, like the people who played. Yeah. The, what that does for like football, professional football is the local leagues in Senegal. So you could put in some budget for development, for infrastructure. Also, on a poignant note, by 2030, the climate issues and the sea level rise is going to be so poignant. So you'll have the World Cup played in a country where you're on the front line of this issue. So you're really like having to look at how do we regenerate in a way, you know, energy, um, sustainability and all the rest of it and like all of that stuff. So just go fully in on everything. Um, and just as, as a kind of model, like in terms of like, not just for the energy, but for sustainable stadiums and all the rest of that stuff and just really use, just celebrate everything about it. I think, I think that's really, I think Senegal 2030, it's reward Senegal for its contribution to world football, I think. Because I look at Senegal a bit like I look at sort of Chile, like everything's better when they're part of it. There are some clubs or some, you know, some World Cup groups. If Chile's in a World Cup group, you're like, that group is legit. You know, when you see them drawn, you're like, yes, that's what Senegal are to me in terms of an African version. Um, or like a Uruguay almost, where there's that kind of football tradition. Even actually Uruguay as well. Uruguay where these, these footballing traditions where they give so much to the game, like far, they've got this huge disproportionate impact on, on the global game. Um, so yeah, Senegal would be the one for me. The other one I was thinking of, it seems criminal that the land of Cruyff has not had a World Cup yet. So that's under, and also for- They should have one in the Netherlands. Oh my God. Trains everywhere. Ryan. You get everywhere by train. That's so relevant to my interests. Yeah, man. Stop, stop. Now you've made me dream. <laughs> That'd be so good. What's that? They Cru- the Women's World Cup. They should do the Women's World Cup and the Men's World Cup. I'm like, annoyed at you now. You, you've painted an image that I can't. Have what's that 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 Kevin Garnett quote in Uncut Gems? Why would you show me if I can't have it then? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had this one from Greg Johnson, which I think might need a separate episode. Yeah, he said after Eze reminded the world about what he can do on Monday. Who gets into your aesthetics eleven of active footballers who are a work of art to simply watch? Oh my god! For how they can move and play. That needs to be an episode, right? I mean, can I be honest with you at this point? This is me pandering to the base. 
about three of those are conceivably Arsenal players at this point. At this point, like the fluidity. <laughs> yeah, the hey, listen, Granit Xhaka's late runs. I love that question, the aesthetic 11. We should do that, huh? Yeah. All right, we'll just put bookmarking that so no one nicks it. <laughs> Will there be, has it, have, having said this, because we know we have listeners of a certain chaos, some listeners will be thinking, ah, aesthetic, technical and physical. So listen. Oh, yeah, this isn't a thirsty 11. No. But it's a football in aesthetics. There may be, there may be. If, if you look closely at this team, there may be some concessions in that regard. Yeah, maybe. Um, all right, we had a couple of questions that were kind of similar. One from Matty Rives and one from Chris Sibbins. Matty says, are Betis the new Atalanta? And the reason I flag this is because Betis are actually the original Atalanta. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Matty says, am I ethically ob- obligated to watch every match as a fan of chaotic football? And Chris Sibbins says, in the spirit of always watch Atalanta, which club is the always watch for the season? The reason I raised that about Betis was because the Spanish football podcast many, many years ago, well, I think it was maybe Kike Setien's Betis we always talk about. Mm. It was always watch Betis. Yeah. Yeah. So they were the proto-Atalanta. Yes. In the Stadio universe. I think it's Napoli. The way they started against Verona was spectacular. Mm. They've given the young attackers the keys to that team, which was, not, again, not knocking the older generation, but I felt the transition had to happen. And it looks like they'll be buying Ndombele, which oh, would be This is incredible. a wild signing. It would be incredible. It would be incredible, Ryan. I think he's going to do amazing as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Having watched like Napoli a lot last year, like when they go into turbo drive, there's no one can stop them. And for him in that league, I think they're going to love him. I think they're going to love him. It's such an exciting move to the point where I've got to try and find an excuse to get down to like Naples for a game. I really have um, to find I an mean, excuse. Yeah. I mean, well. Yep. Yep. And Dombele and that Napoli team. Can we go via Milan as well? Then I can take you to the Maradona sandwich shop. Oh, since you twist my arm. Listen it's to us. Listen it's incredible. Us. It's amazing. <laughs> There's this like sandwich shop in Milan that's basically just all about Maradona. Mm. It's a, I think it's a Napoli fan, but it's incredible. I mean, to be honest, we, we did have quite a lot of questions like this in terms of like, who do you think are these people this season? Or who do you think are these people? And my honest, the, the reason we're not reading them all out is because it's just way too soon. Yeah. You know, Serie A has been back, what, one week? La Liga's been back one week. We don't know who the Always Watch teams will be yet. We need, we need a bigger sample size. Do you know who might be worth a shout is Gladbach under Daniel Farker? Do you know what? I like that. I like that. Done all right so far. Four points in their first two games. Scored five, conceded three. So there's going to be goals. Yeah. It's kind of gone full circle, hasn't it? Shall we finish on one more question from Arnulfo? Which transfer in the women's game, are you most excited George to see George Stanway, Brian. Yeah, that was mine as well. That was mine as well. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. That was mine. It was mine as well. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Ryan. Please ask, <laughs> the, please ask the question properly. Let's go back and do that again. No, you ruined it. You ruined the last question. You ruined oh, it for everyone. I'm sorry. You're going to have to sit with that. Oh no, I'm so sorry. Uh, but no, I agree. Georgia Stanway for Bayern is mine as well. <laughs> Only because it's just her playing with Lena Magul. It's just the thought, I thought those two. And Shula. They're so, but those two specifically. That's such like, an energetic front. Like, but, but notice how the first photo that came out on Bayern socials was them together. And I yeah, was yeah, tweeting, yeah. I was like, their chaotic energy is going to be, I was like, those two are like, in the best possible way, they're like, someone referred to it as like rascal energy. <laughs> that, those two are like, I was like, if those two get together, 
and they get on, it's going to be unreal. And why wouldn't they, right? Because they're just both team players. And the first pitch that comes out and they look, I'm like, oh my God, this is so perfect. They look even, <laughs> they look even more chaotic than I hoped. Like they just wait for it to kick off. It's going to be uh, Stanway and McGull sound like a rogue cop duo. It does, absolutely. Yeah, we're bad cop, bad cop. <laughs> they don't always play by the rules, but they always get results. That, to be so, honest, it's the same way they play football. <laughs> so that is going to be, honestly, it's so perfect um, as a midfield combination, as a pairing, and Zadrasil too. Like, it's just, wow. They're going to be good, man. That's a Champions League, like... As a champion, if only there was a Frauen Bundesliga Twitter account. That's all we wish for. Listen, can the can, can we please get some Frauen Bundesliga social media? Thank you very much. Yes, please, absolutely. Yeah, just yeah. an official account would be wonderful, so you don't have to tweet from the official DFB account. <laughs> so why Fuck, was that, man? Why was that your it together? So why was that your choice before I jumped in two footed and stole the? I just think I'm just really hyped about it. I, the other obvious one was was Lucy Bronze at Barca, but I think it's not going to, we know what Lucy Bronze is like. I think that suits her at this stage of her career really well because they're going to have so much of the ball. I think it's just going to be really good for her. She can perhaps drop into those little pockets in midfield when Barcelona have the ball. But we know, we kind of know what that's going to be like. Yeah, we know what's, you know, we've seen that, we've seen that iteration when she was at Lyon. The reason why the Stanway signing is so important for Bayern is because Wolfsburg basically really in that decider just absolutely just like, you know, took them to cleaners. And I think mm. what Stanway gives them both at a domestic and international level as a uh, European level is just that that's not happening. The next time they play, you're not seeing a result like that. Like the match control that Wolfsburg were allowed to assert is not happening again, not with Stanway in that midfield. And this is what's so exciting. We've seen Bayern evolve over time in those games from, there was, there was, an, there was an element they're kind of almost countering on the league, almost countering a lot. And they were kind of a hybrid of let's play more on the front foot now, but with Stanway there, they can assert themselves throughout from the first whistle. It's just really exciting. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, I agree. Just one more thing before we go, because there's been a few little rumblings around Christian Pulisic departing Chelsea mm. or leaving Chelsea, maybe on loan by the sounds of it. Um, seen a couple of tweets saying Manchester United, Newcastle, AC Milan and Juve are all keen we, I think, have said a couple of times before, Serie A would be a great place for him. I think we said previously Inter, mm. but now would be good. Inter is stacked now. But I think my personal choice, if he was to go, is to go to Roma. Do you know? Are they not stacked now? Yeah, but just imagine him and Jose just being like, like Jose, He walks in at Roma, and Jose's like, they doubted you what they did to me. Yes, they doubted you. We're, you and me were the same. I know what you've been through. I know what you've been through, Christy. See, I think... Look what I won them. I won them three Premier Leagues. And where's the respect? Where's the respect? Pulisic will lap. He'd, he'd lap that up. He'd lap that up, wouldn't he? What I think as well, what I will say about um, Pulisic's next move, he's got to be so careful where he goes next. Like, because... He's got to be so careful. Right, because where his career is in terms of its trajectory, and this is no disrespect to Newcastle, I think they're still building to a place where I think he'd be a hero there. But I think Pulisic wants that regular Champions League, right? That's his, that's, that's where he's at, right? That's what he should be expecting. So I think if you look at that, then it doesn't leave, I think it may be the, the strongest argument is for kind of an AC Milan. Mm. The problem is there, actually, I think he starts at Milan, actually. I think AC Milan, um, tucking in alongside uh, Bram Diaz and Rafael Liao, 
behind Rebic, I think that's the best look for Pulisic, actually. I think that's probably the one, weirdly enough. I think him and an inside left cutting in with Teo Hernandez overlapping, I think I can see him starting for AC. Does that make sense? You know, it would be a good shout for him though as well. It's probably somewhere like Sevilla. Although, is, is it too... But I think it's too far from the limelight. Champ- Champions League though. Yeah, but the radar that AC Milan's on culturally. Does that make sense? Maybe, yeah. But I think in terms of like actual playing time. Oh yeah. But for Sevilla, for the football and the fit, I think is excellent. And that's a great fit. Him and Papu Gomez as well. Goodness. Yeah. Like Do you know what? He'd probably get some game time if he went back to Dortmund on loan. He would. But then, but then the problem for him is it's almost like you don't want to go back where you started if you can avoid it in terms of your trajectory and where you were going to. Because the problem is he will always be haunted by how well he was doing for Chelsea before the injury. Because the injury comes and you come back from the injury and all of a sudden there's all these new players you're competing against. Um, so yeah, tough, I agree. One, tough one for him. Tough one. But I, I think see. I AC, see. Milan, AC Milan's, I think, the best landing place for him, in my opinion. I mean, he's going to make the World Cup squad anyway. So he's one of the few players in, in world football who literally doesn't have to worry about even not really that playing that much. Yeah. Because he's literally, I mean, he's captain, right? So he's going to yeah. be fine. I reckon we're good for today, huh? Yeah, that was a... Wild, wonderful, weird, and very silly. But yeah, I think <laughs> it felt like a, uh, it was quite, it was, that was good. That felt like old school, didn't it? Old school stadio, like when no one was watching. That felt like very, very <laughs> early, that felt like early first lockdown stadio. <laughs> Don't forget, like we mentioned at the top of the show, Righty's House will, it has its own feed. It will dual post on that feed and this feed for a while, but search for Righty's House on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find it on your podcast app of choice, just give it a little while. It might take a, a a little bit to update. If you want to listen to Stadio, you just stay where you are. Ringer FC will become a Stadio feed in a couple of weeks. Check the ringer.com and check Righty's House. Actually, I didn't mention, we didn't, did I shout out Righty's House at the top of the show? Uh, I was on Righty's House. It's only when we're, we're beefing against them. When we were beefing, yeah, I didn't, I, I let my beef get in the way of actually <laughs> shouting out Righty's House, which <laughs> I was on with Ian this week. Uh, we talked about, what did we talk about? Well, we talked about Liverpool. Palace, Darwin Nunez's red red card. Talked about Arsenal Leicester, we talked about some other stuff. Gave some flowers to Jamie Biner Gittins as well. Lovely. His first Bundesliga goal for Dortmund. Don't forget to check the Stadio Outro playlist on Spotify. Speaking of which, we're playing out on Andy Crown and Magic Touch. The Red Greg edit of Why Do I Love You? A question Musa Kwonga thinks every time he sees my face. Oh Ryan. When we record <laughs> the Stadio <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Why do why why am I doing this? <laughs> Anything you want to add, Mr. Kongo? What can I add to that? Nothing further. Not on this occasion. <laughs> All right. Much love, everyone. Have a lovely weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday. See you then.